Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans 12. We've been here for three weeks now, Romans 12. And in just a moment, I'll read verses one and two. We've been talking a lot about changing your thoughts and winning the war. We're in a series on spiritual warfare and the devil is uh, constantly harassing the people of God. And the primary way he does that is in your thought life. And it can be that he plants seeds of fear. He can plant seeds of discouragement, anger, uh, revenge, lust, worrying about the future, all of these things. And we can't do anything about that first thought, but we do not have to give any thought a second thought. That's where we have been empowered by God to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. I've told you before that for sometimes I prayed, oh God, take my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And then one day it dawned on me, that's not his job, that's my job. He said, you take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And God God is a good father. He won't do for us what we can do for ourselves, all right? We have to obey the Lord and his word. And so when we take those thoughts captive, we ask God to change our thoughts, to transform us into a new person by changing the way that we think. Let's read this together. And to do that, we'll have to do it off of the screen, the New Living Translation, Romans 12, verses one and two. Let's read it together. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. How many of you know that God has done a lot for you? Anybody out there? That's right. All right, here we go. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now look at verse two. This verse is one of the most prominent verses in the Bible on getting your mind right, to get your life right, all right? Romans 12, two, read it with me. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let's read that again. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There's so much in that verse but God can change and transform the, what, your life by changing the way you think. And God wants that for all of us, me and you included. Now I'll just uh, rehash just very quickly where we've been because some of you haven't been here the last couple of weeks and um, some of you have only been here part of that. But just to very quickly, we're not gonna deal a lot on it. I'm gonna go right as quickly as I can to the end of the sermon to finish it out. The first point out of this text is in Romans 12, one and two, to change your thoughts and minds and win the war in your mind, you have to surrender to God. You have to surrender yourself. You have to get on a cross and die. Uh, The Bible says there in verse one, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living, that is your bodies, be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he'll find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him. You gotta take up your cross daily and you've got to die 
and you've got to be crucified with Christ, according to Galatians 2.20. And then the second thing you have to do to change your thoughts and win the war in your mind, you have to separate from the world. You can't walk with the world and walk with the Lord. You have to walk with the Lord and be separate from the world. The Bible says in verse two there, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. In 2 Corinthians 6, it says, don't be bound together with unbelievers. Come out, be separate from the world. Set your mind on heavenly things. Thirdly, to change your thoughts and win the war in your mind, you have to sanctify your thoughts. Sanctify your thoughts. Verse two, again, the latter part says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, after God changes the way you think, then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good. At first, it's just kind of good, but then it's pleasing. Oh, this is good. And then it, you understand, this is perfect. The will of God is not just good, it's pleasing. But it's not just pleasing, it is perfect. There's nothing like the will of God. So how do we sanctify our thoughts? Okay, let's talk about that. To sanctify our thoughts, first of all, we have to understand our thoughts. That means that we have to understand several things about our thoughts, that they control our life. Your life will go in the direction of your thoughts. You will act the way you think. That's why this is so important. And your actions determine and control your life. So understand that your thoughts control your life. As you think, so are you. And then understand, you can understand your, uh, your thoughts. In order to do that, you have to know that God's thoughts are superior to yours. You've got to get to where you don't think you, you can do it better than God. If God tells you to do something, then you don't have a better plan than what God tells you to do. You have to go with what God says. His ways and thoughts are different and higher than yours. And then man's thoughts are prone to sin. You've got to understand that. You've got to understand that you have wickedness down in your heart. A baby does. A child does. We're born with the seed of Adam, the seed of sin, and it is absolutely down in there for us to want to do things our way, not God's way. And we are prone to sin. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 5, every intent of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. I hear these people say, well, if I know my heart, you don't. You don't. You don't know your heart. It is wicked. You've got to subject it to the Lord Jesus Christ who is perfect. And so man's thoughts are prone to sin. And then understand that Christians can think the thoughts of Christ. This is where it gets good. God's spirit within us gives us God's knowledge and we have the mind of Christ. Everybody right now, if you're saved, say, I have the mind of Christ. Say it with me. I have the mind of Christ. Just say those things to yourself. It doesn't hurt. It helps a lot. So to sanctify your thoughts, you have to understand your thoughts. Now to sanctify your thoughts, you have to strengthen your thoughts. We're gonna have to go to the gym of the, of the Bible and we're gonna have to work out, all right? You strengthen your thoughts when you, first of all, submit your thoughts to God. When you submit your thoughts to God. My favorite verse on that is Isaiah 26, verse three. And it says, when your mind is stayed or laid down flat on the Lord, he gives you his perfect peace 
and you will trust in him. Get your mind laid out on the Lord. Just, just say, Lord, I give you my mind. I, I lay down completely upon you and I want your perfect peace as I trust in you. So you submit your thoughts to the Lord. God, I give you my thoughts. And then you saturate your thoughts with scripture. My go-to verse on that is a verse that I memorized when I was 19 years old. And it was Joshua 1.8. <clears throat> and he says, you shall meditate. Everybody say meditate. You shall meditate on God's law, that is his word, day and night. Not just on Sunday morning. I, I just want to say this to you. There are 168 hours in a week. If you just meditate on God's word one or two hours when you come to church, there's no hope. There's no hope for you. You're sunk. If this is all you get, this is not enough. You breathe all week long, right? If you were just to breathe one hour a week, do you think you'd live? No, you'd be dead before the day is over with. And some of you try to you know, just come to church once a week and that's all the word you get. You don't read the Bible. You don't, if you can't read, you don't listen to the Bible. You, you just don't stay in the word and you don't stay in the things of God. You've got to, you've got to saturate your brain. You've got to saturate your mind because your mind is prone to go to sin. And if you don't saturate it with the word of God, just marinate with the word of God. Just ruminate, go over it and over it. That's a, a cow chewing the cud is what ruminate means. And you just go over it and over it and over it and over it. Well, it's not working. Yes, it is. It is working. It is working. When you work it, it works. Okay. And so you've got to do that. And that's how you strengthen your thoughts, submitting your thoughts to God and saturating your thoughts with scripture. And then we said, you got to sanctify your thoughts by rejecting sinful thoughts. Now this is the negative side. This is the defense. Okay. And how do you do that? How do you reject sinful thoughts? And uh, here's what you, you reject fleshly thoughts. These are thoughts that are sensual. They are fleshly. They are the, 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 not the fruit of the spirit, but they are the, the desires of the flesh. And the Bible talks about that in Galatians chapter five. And so the Bible says about these fleshly thoughts in Romans eight, verse six, the mind that is set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So do you want death or do you want life and peace? The choice is yours. Depends on where you go with your mind. If you set your mind on the things of this world, on ungodly things, well, duh, no wonder you're acting wrong and you're thinking wrong, and you're feeling wrong. But if you set your mind on things above, set your mind on the spirit, that brings life and that brings peace. I don't want any more spiritual death in my life. I want life and I want peace and I'm gonna set my mind every day and I'm gonna do it. You set your channel to watch a football game. You set your clock to wake up. Mine didn't work this morning. <laughs> you set something else and you got to set your mind. You've got to set your mind. That's a big deal. That is huge. Uh, reject fleshly thoughts and then reject speculative thoughts. The what ifs. 
Well, what if you lose your job? Well, what if you have a wreck? Well, what if your child rebels? Well, what if your spouse, uh, you know, turns against you? Well, what if this? What if, what if, what if? And I've met people that say, oh, that's, that's a good thing. I'm just doing due diligence. No, you're not. You're listening to the devil is what you're doing. God doesn't go around saying, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. God doesn't do that. God doesn't mess with your mind. He blesses your mind. And he, you've got to reject those speculative thoughts. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 5, through 5, we're destroying speculations, those speculative thoughts. And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You've got to reject when, the, when Satan says, well, what if? You've got to say, let me tell you what is. And then start quoting scripture. I'm telling you, this is huge. You've got to reject speculative thoughts. You've got to reject fearful thoughts. Well, you can't do that. This might happen. Well, you can't do that. This might happen. Well, you can't go there. This might happen. You know what? You're just going to sit in a box the rest of your life. If you listen to all this, you're going to be fearful all the time. What if you run out of money? Well, run, what if you, what if you, what if, you know, all that stuff. Stop it. Second Timothy 1, 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When I get a fearful thought, I, that smells like the devil. Fear smells like the devil. Now, we should fear God, but that means we should revere God and worship God. We'll get to that momentarily. But we've got to reject fearful thoughts. When you're full of fear, you can't be full of faith. You can't. You can't. Okay, then you've got to reject discouraging thoughts. God will never discourage you. I want everybody to say, God will never discourage me. Say that out loud. God will never discourage you. Do you know what that means? It means that he will never take courage out of you. God won't reach down in your soul, reach down in your mind, and pull courage out of you. He won't discourage you. God doesn't do that. God encourages you. He puts courage in you. That's where you, and you gotta take courage, the Bible says, over and over. Take courage. You gotta take it. You gotta take what God is offering. God's saying, hey, would you like some courage? Yes, sir, I'll take some courage. Give it to me now. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, do not fear or be dismayed. Dismayed means don't be discouraged. And then you've gotta reject condemning thoughts. Some of you let the devil beat you up over something that you did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You have repented, you have fasted, you have asked God to forgive you, and he already has. He has thrown your sins in the sea of forgetfulness. He has cast them as far away as the east is from the west. God has forgotten it, he's moved on, but you won't leave it alone because the devil constantly reminds you of what you did 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, when you messed up. The devil is the accuser of the brethren of the brethren. And you say, well, you know, I, it doesn't hurt to ask God to forgive me again. Yes, it does. He's already forgiven you. He said, can we please move on? Jesus said, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus said that. Stop looking back. If you're in a car, oh, let's, let's forget that. 
if we're all on a big bus, that'd be a big bus, amen? And the driver won't look ahead, but he's, all, he's looking back, talking to us, looking back and seeing if he did okay the last few miles. I don't want to ride with that guy, do you? I want to ride, I want the bus driver to be looking straight ahead and looking around, making sure everything's okay. You need to stop looking back. Man, look, deal with it and then move on. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. Stop thinking about condemning thoughts. Isaiah 43, don't call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I'll do something new. How many of you believe that God's gonna do something new in your life, amen? Amen, I believe that every day when I wake up, Lord, your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You're not reminding me of my sinful past. You're reminding me that I'm a child of God and I've been forgiven. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm about to get happy up here talking, all right. All right, I'm just reviewing, amen. You must also reject foreboding thoughts. Oh, this is huge. Foreboding means something bad's gonna happen. Oh, enjoy it now. But something bad's coming around the corner. Oh, God is gonna punish you. Oh, something bad's gonna happen. Proverbs 15, 15, now the Amplified Bible, all the days of the desponding, that is those who are depressed and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast. Let's say that together. He who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. I just think we ought to clap over that one verse. Amen, I'm just, that's one of the best verses. I don't wanna be afflicted by the evil one through foreboding thoughts. I don't want that. I mean, just think about, think about that. Think, think, think about that. Some of you are out there saying, well, now, Brother Steve, I, I understand, but I, you know, I'm a special situation. That's what you always think, you know. I'm, I'm special. And, and, and what you're saying doesn't apply to me. I beg to differ. What I'm saying to you does apply to you. Some of you are right now thinking about some bad thing that could happen. Some of you are more worried about what the stock market is doing than you are about the lost people in your neighborhood. Some of you are more worried about the upcoming midterm elections than you are about how you're doing in your family. I'm telling you, you need to stop all this foreboding stuff about bad things are gonna happen. Oh, what's gonna happen? Oh, what if this happened? All that stuff. You gotta stop that. Stop it. You say, how do I stop it? I'll get to that in a minute. But you've got to do it. Now the sermon begins. Amen. All right. All right. I want to sanctify our thoughts. We've got to reject sinful thoughts. Now that's defense. Now let's go on some offense. How many of you are ready to score? Amen. You're ready to get some points on the board. Okay. We've got to sanctify our thoughts. We've got to think righteous thoughts. Think righteous thoughts. Now, I've given you six ways to reject sinful thoughts, but I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to give you seven biblical ways to think righteous thoughts. All right, we're going to have one more way to think righteous than we are to 
reject sinful thoughts. I'd rather have one plus on the positive than on the negative. All right, number one, to think righteous thoughts, you have to think worshipful thoughts. You gotta go around just loving on God and just telling him how much you love him and praising him and blessing his name. Mark 12, 30, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment of all? He said, oh, that's easy. Read it with me. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your what? Mind. I'm telling you, once you start thinking about it and you read the Bible, stuff about the mind is all over the Bible. <laughs> it's all over the Bible because this is the key to walking in victory. Love him with all your mind and with all your strength. Throughout the day, just make time to praise and worship the Lord. How do you do that? You thank him for what he's done and praise him for who he is. Amen. Say that with me. You thank him for what he's done and you praise him for who he is. That's how you worship. Say it again. You thank him for what he's done and you praise him for who he is. Has God been good to you? He's listening to you right now. Has God been good to you? Have you got anything to thank God for? I'll just go along sometime and, and you know, and I'll start feeling that little tinge of worry or anxiety. I said, no, 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 not today. No, no. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for food to eat, clothes to wear, a roof over my head, a wife that loves me, children that are doing pretty good. And Lord, thank you so much for my job at Bellevue and my role to get to preach the word. Thank you for letting me own a Bible. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you for the indwelling Holy Ghost that lives within me, that gives me the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Lord, thank you that you've put on me the whole armor of God today. Thank you, Lord God, that I can walk in the truth and not in a lie. Thank you, Lord God, that my name is written down in glory. Thank you, Lord God, if I died right now, I'd leave this old body and go to heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't tell me you can't thank God. Don't tell me you can't thank God. You got a lot to thank God for. If you're not in hell, you've got a lot to thank God for. Amen. Amen. So just start doing it. Don't just clap for me. Do it. Do it. Start doing it. Think worshipful thoughts. Just start singing. Oh, you don't want to hear me sing? I do too. Oh, I can't sing. Yes, you can. That's a lie. Yes, you can. What do I sing? Sing whatever song you know. My Jesus, my Savior. Lord, there is none like you. Well, I don't know that song. Well, how about Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells us, sing it. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Let's give him praise that he loves us. Amen. Amen. Just start quoting scripture. Just start thanking God for what he's done and start praising him for who he is. Think worshipful thoughts. And then if you're gonna think righteous thoughts, you gotta think wise thoughts. You can't be going around being foolish. You gotta be wise. Solomon 
was the wisest person in the world in his day, and he prayed for even greater wisdom. First Kings 3, 9 says, so give your servant, this is his prayer, Solomon's praying to God, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Leaders and all Christians need wisdom, especially in the days which we live. Wisdom, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Knowledge is, I am standing close to a two or three foot drop off. Wisdom is, I'm gonna step back because I'm not as agile as I used to be. See, wisdom is applied knowledge. And that's what we're praying for. We're praying for wisdom. We want wise thoughts. David, the father of Solomon, prayed for wisdom. And this, I, I pray this verse every day, Proverbs, or Psalm 19, verse 14. Uh, read this out loud and let's pray it out loud. Let's just pray it as we read it off the screen now. Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the what? Meditation of my heart. That means the thoughts of my heart. Go ahead now. Be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's give him praise right now. Amen. Let's give him praise. Lord, I want wisdom. I want my words to be wise and I want my meditation, my thoughts to be wise. One of the best prayers in the Bible. And then sometimes when you're reading the word, you say, well, I don't understand that. God will help you. He will open your mind to understand the scriptures. That's what the Bible says in Luke 24, verse 45. We can get wisdom by asking God, oh Lord, open my mind. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. A lot of times before I start reading, I say, Lord, I don't even know what I'm reading today. Lord, I know where I am in the Bible. What's next? I don't know all that's in there. Today I read in Job chapter one. And I was so blessed at the end of it. He had everything taken, everything away from his 10 children were killed. Everything, all he had left was his wife. And he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Man, that blessed my heart. I almost started crying. I said, Lord, I, would I be like that if you took away everybody from me, all my stuff? Would I just sit down and say, the Lord gave, the Lord takes away. He knows what's best. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it says in all of this, Job did not sin with his mouth. How about that? So you got to pray for wisdom. Oh God, open my mind to understand the scriptures. And then you got to think righteous thoughts. You got to think watchful thoughts. This means you got to be constantly thinking about the fact that Jesus could come back today. Jesus could come in the rapture for you today. Before this sermon is over with, you could be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Isn't that exciting? And, and we, you know, we're, we're living for this world. We need to be living for that world. And we need to be rapture ready. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 13, therefore prepare your minds for action. That is be watchful. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace of the, to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is at the coming of Jesus Christ. He's coming for you. Be watchful. Think watchful thoughts. When you think watchful thoughts, it doesn't wipe you out so much that, you know, okay, yeah, we got an election coming up. Yeah, that's important. But you know what? At the end of the day, Jesus is coming back. You know, the economy's down, and yeah, I hope it goes back up, but you know what? Jesus is coming back. We're not, we shouldn't be thinking about like just amassing, you know, tons of money 
and all of that. We need to think about the souls of men, the people around us that are lost and going to hell. Man, that's what you ought to think about, not worldly things. Christians of another skin color, you should think about them. If, if they are Christians and they're of another skin color, they are your true brothers. Non-Christians of the same color are not your brother like Christians of another color, all right? Are you okay with that? Some of y'all, you don't like that. You say, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Somebody of another color of their skin that's a Christian, that's my brother. And somebody that is not a Christian of the same color, that's not my brother. My brother is the brother in Christ. Amen. You got to think watchful thoughts to think righteous thoughts. Then you got to think good thoughts. If you're going to have righteous thoughts, you got to think good thoughts. Where do I find good thoughts? How about Philippians 4 verse 8? Finally, brethren, whatever is true, that is whatever is real, whatever is genuine, there's so much fakeness going on nowadays. Whatever is honorable, that is whatever is majestic and holy, whatever is right, whatever is lawful according to God and just, whatever is pure, whatever is chaste, whatever is undefiled, whatever is holy, whatever is lovely, that is whatever is dear and precious and beloved, whatever is of good repute, whatever is respected by God and godly people, whatever is of excellence, if there's any excellence, if there's any maturity in Christ, if there is anything worthy of praise, if there's anything honorable on this earth, Dwell, meditate, focus, and linger on these things. I mean, live in them. Eight specific things to think about in one verse. And that's what the Bible's talking about in Colossians 3, 2, when he said, set your mind on things above. We're talking about what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, excellence, and worthy of praise. Set your mind on those things, not on all the bad things. You can't live better than that. You gotta think good thoughts. And that's how you get righteous thoughts. Then you gotta think humble thoughts. If you're gonna think righteous thoughts, you can't go around thinking boastful thoughts. Well, I'm the biggest and I'm the baddest and I'm the smartest and I'm the best. Give me a break. Get over yourself. Can't walk in haughtiness and please God. Junior Hill, famous evangelist in Southern Massachusetts said, he said, I know some people that can strut when they're sitting down. Jesus was mild, humble, lowly, and meek. Meek is not weak. Meek is controlled strength. I know a lot of strong people that are meek because they control that strength and use it in the right way. Moses was the most humble man on earth. He was meek, but he was not weak. He led 600,000 
Jewish men plus their families, two million people for 40 years in the desert. That is not weak. That is strong in humility. He's the most humble man ever to live aside from Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 12, 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Don't hang around people that brag all the time, that boast all the time. Hang around the bunch that is just meek and humble. Paul said in Romans 12, verse three, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Let's just realize we're just all a bunch of people that need some help. We need God's help, amen? There's no big deal about any of us. If I had one sermon to preach before I died, it would be from this text about the humility of Jesus Christ in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Have this attitude, this mindset in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he, Jesus, existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Everybody say it with me. He humbled himself. How? By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, or therefore, God highly exalted him. He humbled himself and God exalted him. I want to tell you something. If you want God to exalt you, you'd better humble yourself. Because if you exalt yourself, God will humble you. How many of you live long enough to know that's true? Amen? You get cocky, you get arrogant, God's going to show you that he doesn't need you. But you stay humble. God says, okay, I can use that. I can use that. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue of, of, in heaven and of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you want to have righteous thoughts. You've got to have humble thoughts. Just humble thoughts. And just say, Lord Jesus, if it wasn't for you, I know where I'd be. So I give you praise and glory. I humble myself under your mighty hand that you may exalt me at the proper time. And then I'm going to think also to get righteous thoughts. I'm going to think conciliatory thoughts. I'm going to be thinking about ways to have peace in relationships instead of ways to have turmoil in relationships. You can't go around fussing and fighting all the time and please the Lord. Some of y'all have a chip on your shoulder and it's, a, it's bigger than a chip. Some of y'all got a big attitude. He said, well, I'm not taking anything off of anybody. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't think like that? Some of y'all say, well, if you don't protect yourself, nobody else will. That's a lie. Jesus will protect you. And he can do a better job than you can because he knows everything about the whole situation and you don't. God helps those who help themselves. That's in the Bible. It is not. It's not a verse and it's not a truth of scripture. Be a proactive peacemaker. Go around and try to bring peace in situations. Think conciliatory thoughts. Stop fussing and fighting and have peace in your personal thought life. Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Now, some people are just mad 
and you, look, I, I'm not responsible for you. I'm just responsible for Steve, all right? I'm gonna be nice to you. And you say, well, I don't want you in my circle. I put you out of my circle. That's fine. I'm not in your circle, but guess what? I'm gonna make my circle bigger and put you back in mine. Amen. 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 You can't do anything about it. I'm gonna put you in my circle. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna love on you. I'm gonna be nice to you, even if you're ugly to me. Slap me, I'll say, hey, hit this one too. That's cool. Do whatever you gotta do. But I'm gonna have conciliatory. I'm not gonna go around carrying baggage of being mad at people all the time. I'm not gonna do it. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Philippians 2, 2 through 3. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourself. Just go around saying, that person's more important than me. That's more person more important than me. And I'm just going to treat them like they're special, even if they don't treat them me as I'm special. I'm going to be an ambassador of reconciliation. I'm just going to go around and try to be peaceful to everybody. And you will stand out, brother, in the day we live. Oh my. Everybody's mad. Got a chip on their shoulder. Man. Think conciliatory thoughts. Say that out loud. Think conciliatory thoughts. And then think about what you think about. Think about that. Some of y'all don't think about what you think about, and yet your thoughts determine your actions, and your actions determine your life. You got to stop. You got to evaluate what you think about. You got to evaluate the way you think. You got to change the way you think. Think about what you think about. You'll change the way you think. And when you change the way you think, you'll change the way you live. That's what I've talked about for three weeks. If you don't get that, you don't get anything. You gotta think about what you think about. And here's what I believe is the greatest prayer in the Bible to help you think about what you think about. It is Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Put it on the screen, if you will. Let's all pray it together. Let's pray it right now. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me and know my what? Anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. Amen? Amen. You need that one in your heart. Lord, search my heart. Know my thoughts. If there's any sinful way in my thoughts, let me know about it. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be hurtful. I don't want to be damaging. I don't want to be wicked. I don't want to be unchristlike. I don't want to be sinful in my thoughts because I know whatever I think I'm going to act upon and whatever I act upon, I am. Lord, I want to be Christlike. He understood that sinful, anxious thoughts lead to sinful, hurtful ways. David said, Lord, if I'm thinking wrong, change my thoughts. All these things, even thinking righteous thoughts, that's how you sanctify your thoughts. Now, finally, let's talk about in order to sanctify your thoughts, you got to renew your thoughts. You can renew your mind. You can renew your mind. You can renew your mind. 
You remember the guy that had the legion of demons? Legion is five or 6,000 demons. You think you've had a bad day. Jesus cast them all out, killed thousands of pigs. But when Jesus got through with him, man, this is good. That old boy was cutting on himself. He was screaming. He was diabolically empowered to break chains. But he was living by himself with another crazy man, demonized man. He was naked. Nobody had anything to do with him except Jesus. And when Jesus got through with him, there's one verse that describes him. Mark 5, 15. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed. Read the next words with me, please, very slowly. Sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. He was calm. He was sitting down. He was clothed, and he was coherent. He was in his right mind. Some of y'all are not in your right mind right now. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about you've got fear all over you. You've got anxiety all over you. You've got discouragement all over you. You've got anger all over you. You've got resentment all over you. You've got competition all over you. You've got pride all over you. You've got lust all over you. You're not in your right mind. You need to start thinking right so you can be right, so you can do right. Ephesians 4, 23, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that's what I've been trying to get you to do for three weeks. Because I know personally how important it is to keep your mind focused on the right things, not the wrong things. I don't focus on the things that are secondary. I don't focus on things that are sinful. I don't focus on things. People ask me sometimes, well, how many do you have coming? I don't know. I don't focus on that. I couldn't bit more tell you how much money has been given to this church. I don't, look, I don't even look at it. I don't think about all that stuff. I think about the Lord. I think about my family. I think about our staff. I think about our leaders. I think about people in our, hurt, our church that are hurting. I think about ministering to other people. I think about many preacher friends that I have that are in situations that are hard. They don't have the resources we have at Bellevue. They don't have the friends we have. You gotta get your mind right. Let's all stand up.
You said, but I've still got some blanks. I know. You won't in just a minute. We'll, we'll be filled. Last thing, write this down. You can overcome any sinful thought. Let's take the you out and let's put the I there. Everybody read it with me now. I can overcome any sinful thought. Say it again. I can overcome any sinful thought. Now look, when it first comes to me, that's not on me. That's not on me. The devil can throw a fire dart at you right now. Before this sermon's over with, the devil can throw a fire dart at you and that's not on you. But what you do with it is on you. Don't give it a second thought. Say it with me. Don't give it a second thought. Don't do it. That's something you can do. Say, nope. And these are the four things. And you know they gotta be right because they all start with the same letter, all right? I don't know why I started doing this years ago. I just do it, I don't know why. So, but it fits today. How am I gonna overcome sinful thoughts? When I, when I have a sinful thought, anxious thought, God doesn't give me anxiety. Fearful thought, God doesn't give me fear. Negative thought, God doesn't give me a negative thought. Jealous thought, God sure doesn't give me a jealous thought. Whatever it might be. Number one, I recognize it as a lie. Recognize, that's a lie. Nope, that's a lie. And God is not a liar. The devil is a liar. John 8, 44, and the father thereof. Lying is his native tongue. That's all he can do. When he opens his mouth, he tells a lie. So I'm gonna recognize that's a lie. Nope, nope. Then I'm gonna reject it in Jesus' name. I'll have none of that. Thank you. I've had enough of that in my life. How many of you have had enough of the devil's lies? Anybody out there? Amen. I'm, I'm through with that. I'm done with that. Let the devil know not today, not today, not today. Yeah. See, I'm singing, praising God. Amen. Amen. Y'all are laughing. I'm singing. Amen. You'll be laughing too if you'll start singing. Amen. Recognize it as a lie. Reject it in Jesus' name. Replace it with scripture. Something bad's going to happen. Oh, man, no, 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 no. I reject that in the name of Jesus. That's not of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And whether I feel like it or not, I just put a big old smile on there. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can even die a martyr's death if I have to one day. I can do all things through Christ. He strengthens me. So I'm going to say, I'm going to recognize it. It's a lie. Reject it in Jesus' name. Replace it with Scripture. And then I'm going to just rejoice in the Lord. I've got a river of life. Y'all quit playing just a minute. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors and sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well 
within my soul, spring up a well and make me whole, spring up a well and give to me thy grace abundantly. Amen. Just go around doing that all the time. You say, people will think you're crazy. No, that's how I keep from going crazy, amen? This world has gone crazy. I'm not going with this world. I'm going with the word of God. I'm going to get my mind right to get my life right. Amen. Amen. Let's quote our verse one more time. Philippians 4, 8, and we'll be through. Here we go. Read it with me. Good and strong. We're going to read it slow. Here we go. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Rather, think on these things. Say it out loud. Think on these things. Let's give God praise right now. Amen. 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 You are not a victim of your thoughts. Your thoughts are not in charge of you. You are in charge of your thoughts. Take them captive and give them to Jesus Christ.